everyone. Welcome back to the Alberta Roundup. I'm your host, Rachel Emanuel. I hope that you guys are having a great week so far. I apologize if I sound a little bit congested today. I do have pretty bad spring allergies. That's not a complaint. I am thrilled that the warmer weather is finally here. Let's take a look at what we're going to be talking about on today's show. The government of Alberta has signed a memorandum of understanding. We're going to dig into that. Conservative leader Pierre Polyev had a visit to the province this week and he had a lot to say. Renowned psychologist Dr. Jordan Peterson suggested that there could be an instance where Alberta might need to consider separating from the rest of Canada. And finally, Alberta Premier Danielle Smith is welcoming an ethics investigation. All that and more happening now on the Alberta Roundup. The Alberta government has signed a memorandum of understanding with Manitoba and Saskatchewan. That's to work on building economic corridors between the three provinces to boost economic prosperity for Western Canada. Transportation ministers from the three provinces announced the MOU in a press conference from Edmonton on Tuesday. Saskatchewan Highways Minister Jeremy Cockrell said the agreement commits the provinces to supporting the movement of people and goods, finding joint solutions, and improving highways and rail networks across the provinces. He said, quote, We will encourage our federal partners to play their part in supporting infrastructure and protecting the supply chains in this country. Manitoba Transportation and Infrastructure Minister Doyle Pinu said the three provinces want to show they're open for business despite the ongoing challenges going on in this country. He said, quote, We can't stay isolated. We need to make sure that business service flow right across Prairie provinces and into your international markets, such as Europe and Asia. Alberta Transportation and Economic Corridors Minister Devin Dreeshen also spoke at length about the project. Here's a clip of him explaining what the MOU sets out to do. These are all private industries and private proposals. And we as, as a government just want to make sure that we have that, that playing field level so that these companies can come and, and build these projects. So like I said earlier, whether it's a, a pipeline project or a new rail line, uh, utility line, a telecommunication line, we just want to make sure that, that industry views Alberta and views Canada as a place where they can actually build a business and actually develop whatever the product is. So I think that, uh, as, as you mentioned, those, those are examples of, of industry that has actually come to, to the government to say, hey, we would like to do you know, project X, Y, or Z. How could we do it? And we just want to be able to make sure that we have that level playing field so they can do what they do best, which is get global capital, build businesses, create jobs. But we can do what government should do best, which is make a regulatory process that's seamless, that's efficient, and is that actually operates at the speed of business. Later in the week, Conservative leader Pierre Polyev came for a visit to the province, and he had a lot to say about public safety issues ongoing in Edmonton and Calgary, as well as the rest of Canada. Polyev said, quote, We've got to replace these crazy catch-and-release crime policies with a common-sense criminal justice reform. And that's exactly what a Pierre Polyev government will do. Let's take a look at some of the horrific crime stories from the last couple of weeks. On Tuesday, Calgary police discovered a corpse in a suitcase. Over in Edmonton, police confirmed that a man who had been found dead in his apartment over the weekend had been shot to death in a homicide. That same day, a teenage boy was attacked in an Edmonton mall, and he remains in serious condition. Over in Surrey, BC, a 17-year-old died following a violent attack while taking public transit. We've heard that before. And at the beginning of the month, a passenger had his throat slashed in another random violent attack also in BC. Now that incident is being investigated as an ISIS terrorist attack by the RCMP. Meanwhile, a 16-year-old boy lost his life after being randomly stabbed 
in an unprovoked attack. And again, he was waiting for the Toronto subway. You guys are very aware of the rise in crime rates across the province as well as elsewhere in Canada. We talk about it quite a bit. Public safety is atop everyone's mind. As you heard, the Conservative leader said it's time for bail reform. Stop letting repeat violent offenders back onto the streets to commit more crimes. He also said it's time to stop handing out free narcotics and to focus on treatment rather than safe supply. Polyev also took aim at the Canadian press while in Edmonton. Polyev asked a Canadian press reporter if she was in a conflict of interest. After she questioned Polyev about his plans to defund English language CBC. The Canadian press is a wire service, which several large Canadian media newspapers pay into, such as the Toronto Star, the Globe and Mail, and of course, CBC News. Ritika Dubey with the Canadian press. Uh, when it comes to defunding the CBC, you signal the intention to maintain a level of support for Radio Canada and French language programming. To do that, the corporation says the Broadcasting Act would need to be amended. So are you prepared to change the law and create a public broadcaster that only serves one group in Canada? Are you, you work for CP? Yes, I do. So you, your biggest client is CBC, right? Yes, but my yes, that's stands. right. I just don't want. I just want to be careful that we don't get you into a conflict of interest here. Have you checked with the ethics commissioner on whether you're in a conflict of interest in asking about CBC funding, given that it's the principal source of money for CP? Uh, I would check that with my editors. But again, are okay. you still prepared to change the law and create a public broadcaster that so, only serves one language in Canada? The uh, CBC, uh, frankly, is a biased propaganda arm of the Liberal Party and frankly, negatively affects all, all media. For example, CP is negatively affected by the fact that it, you have to report favorably on the CBC if you want to keep your number one taxpayer-funded client happy. We need a neutral and free media, but not a propaganda arm for the Liberal Party. And when I'm Prime Minister, we're going to have a free press where everyday Canadians decide what they think rather than having liberal propaganda jammed down their throats. Next question, thank you. I think it's fairly obvious to all of us that Pierre Polyev has a much different media strategy than other conservative leaders, especially when we look at people like Andrew Scheer and Aaron O'Toole, who would often seem to come back and flip-flop or apologize for comments they had made when the mainstream media got upset about it. Not Pierre Polyev, he has no problem offending the media, and he absolutely has no problem defending himself and even throwing it back at the face of the reporters while they're questioning him. So my question of the week this week for you guys is, what do you think of Pierre Polyev's approach to media? Do you think it will work in the long run? And as a conservative, is it refreshing to see someone who won't back down for holding conservative values? Or do you just think it's mean? Comment on the video below and let me know what you think about Pierre Polyev's approach and whether you think more conservative leaders should take a similar approach. Moving into the controversy of the week, Famed psychologist Dr. Jordan Peterson says Alberta should separate if the federal government attempts to take over resource development. Prairie provinces have full control over resource development as enshrined in the 1930s Natural Resource Transfer Agreement, which Federal Justice Minister David Lemeny said he would take a look at rescinding earlier this week. In response, Peterson told Alberta Premier Danielle Smith to separate if necessary. In a post on Twitter, he wrote, reject, rebel, separate if necessary. The backlash against Lametti first arose after Grand Chief Brian Hardlot of the Prince Alberta Grand Council and Chief Donald Miracle of the Mohawks of the Bay of Quinte called on the federal government to rescind the Natural Resources Transfer Act. Miracle said, quote, Canada exports natural resources to other countries. They earn trillions of dollars in revenues from those resources. 
And here's how Justice Minister David Lametti responded to that. Um, I take uh, from Chief Bryan, also from Chief Don Merkel, uh, the, the point about the, the natural resources transfer agreement. Um, Chief Merkel did it indirectly. Uh, Chief Bryan did it directly. Um, and you're on the record for that. I obviously can't pronounce on that right now, uh, but I do commit to looking at that. Um, it won't be uncontroversial is, uh, is the only thing I would say with a, a bit of a smile. Um, After the controversy erupted across the nation, Lametti said he did not commit Ottawa to quote, reviewing areas of provincial jurisdiction. I'm not sure how that aligns with his comments that we just played, but the Prairie Premiers weren't buying it. In a statement, Premier Smith, as well as Manitoba Premier Heather Stevenson and Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe said, quote, the federal government cannot unilaterally change the constitution. It should not even be considering stripping resource rights away from the three prairie provinces. The Prime Minister needs to immediately retract these dangerous and divisive comments by his Justice Minister. Moving into what we're watching in the weeks to come, Alberta Premier Danielle Smith is confident that a newly announced investigation by the Ethics Commissioner into whether the Premier interfered in the judicial system will uncover no wrongdoing on her part. The Premier announced on Monday that she is under investigation by the Ethics Commissioner. Her office said, quote, the Premier welcomes this investigation, is fully cooperating with the Commissioner, and is confident this examination will confirm there has been no such interference. As a result of the ongoing investigation, it would be inappropriate for the Premier to comment on this further until the investigation is completed. I'm sure that you guys already know what this is all about. Last month, the Alberta NDP called for an investigation after a call was released between Smith and controversial street pastor Archer Pulowski. On the call, the Premier and Pulowski are discussing his criminal charges. Those are stemming from the Coots border blockade. Of course, the Premier is heard telling Pulowski multiple times that she cannot interfere in the matter as it is before the courts and it would be inappropriate for her to do so. She also tells Pulowski that she is talking with her justice officials about his case. So I'm sure that I will have an update for you guys on that in a couple weeks or a couple months. Sometimes these matters, when run by the government, can take quite a bit of time to complete. Okay, guys, and moving into our weekly comment roundup. Last week, in response to my update about tabulators being used in the provincial vote, user Ken Bryan said, Rachel, in New Brunswick, we use voting machines probably similar to the tabulators you described. We have a paper ballot that we feed into a machine when we vote. The paper ballots are still available if recounts are needed. Sounds like that is what the plan is here in Alberta as well. As I mentioned to you all last week, Elections Alberta has confirmed that it will hold all paper ballots for three months after the provincial vote or after a recount if one is requested. And that is absolutely necessary in case a recount is desired. In response to Calgary Mayor Jody Gondick walking away from the podium after being asked a tough question from the counter-signal editor-in-chief Kian Bexty about her record on defunding the police, user Jim Snow said, shameful response from the mayor, I am no fan of defund police rhetoric, but the question was a double bind set up worthy of the MSM. I would walk away too. If you want to be respected as a journo, such games are out. We have been well-educated about media games in the last few years. Jim, I agree that it was a difficult question from Kian, but I believe that someone who is skilled at handling the media and confident in their position, as well as in their own record, would be able to defend their position. Just because someone asks you a question that's difficult, or even a question that's set up to make you look foolish, doesn't mean you can't respond to it in such a way as to put that person in their place. Arguably, that's what Pierre Polyev does all the time in his strategy with the mainstream media. 
I guess Gondek just wasn't up for the job. And finally, user iSkyHigh said, your eyes look creepy. Just say no to the round lights. Your pupil should be black, not looking like a vampire. Well, this is the first I'm hearing of it. I did not realize that I look like a vampire on my show. Can't believe you guys haven't told me. I'm sorry, but this ring light is the best I can do. If someone would like to donate a professional light kit to me, I would be happy to use that. But until that time, I guess you're all just gonna have to get used to my creepy vampire look. Okay guys, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you're able, please consider supporting independent media. You can do that over at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend and God bless.